market where I spent all my high school years. Went to university at uh, University of Western Ontario in the math program. Although I, I did want to do engineering, I eventually transferred to Ryerson where I completed my degree in electrical engineering. Given that you were born in England to Jamaican parents and then came to Canada to live, how did you end up meeting your wife? Around the time that uh, around when I was 16, my, my dad brought some Christian material into the home and it associated with the time of the Worldwide Church of God. And that had a bit of an influence on me. I read it. So eventually, when I after I started attending university, I actually started attending that church. Mm-hmm. And the church had a convention every year, and they would have it all all different locations all over the world. And uh, in 1993, when I met my wife, I actually went to Tucson, Arizona. She was happened to be there at the time, so she was traveling from Chicago. I was traveling from Toronto, and we met through a mutual friend. And so yeah, that's how we met. And at the time, she had two young boys, but I, I, I met her. I liked her. I just liked her character. So we stayed in touch uh, over the course of the next couple of years, got to know each other better. I would travel down to Chicago to see her. And then in 1995, uh, she moved up here. We got married. Wow, I think that's pretty cool that at the time, the church was able to have a worldwide outreach like that so that the younger people could get to mix and mingle, you know, be, just be genuine friends at first and, you know, see what happened later down the road. And, of course, for you two, it obviously worked out. Right. So, they, yeah, I mean, um, these were functions where whole families would attend. And, of course, I was single at the time. And so they had they would have single events at some of these these conventions. And, that, and then that's, of course, how I met my wife. So when you guys got married, was that like a blended family? Not blended because I didn't have any kids. Oh, right. Right. Uh, I was single. I'd never, to be honest, I'd never even dated before. And I, but I, when I met, uh, well, I, sorry, that's not entirely accurate. I hadn't dated seriously. I had gone on a lot of dates, but nothing um, serious. <laughs> and then by the time I went to Chicago and I, I met Zephyr, I was, I was 30 years old. And that was actually an interesting time in my life because, of course, I had graduated and I had uh, a lot of dreams and hopes of what I would want to accomplish in my life. I had, you know, got my degree in electrical engineering, but it wasn't quite working out the way I had kind of planned. You know, it, I, I came out of school and I, I got into a job, which was a, a job that was, you know, fairly hard for me, and uh, I wasn't making the salary that I thought I would be making, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I wasn't at a place I thought I would have a lot more materially than I had at the time, and so I found myself in a bit of a struggle, and so I was 30 years old when, when, I, when I actually met Zephyr, and at that time, too, the church was going through a bit of a transition, and it was, uh, it's another story, really, but it was a, a very difficult time uh, for the church at the time, and I, at that time, really just wanted to understand understand what i believed and so my intent at the time was really just to go and kind of lock myself away and and really study you know the scriptures and understand why uh what we were going through what i understood about my faith um and but she caught my eye (laughs) oh okay but you know it's pretty interesting that you mentioned your age at the time because you said um all this stuff happened by the time you were 30 and i know for myself and many other younger people who may be listening that often we feel very pressured to get things done by a certain age and i know for myself when i was 18 when i was younger i said you know by the time i'm 18 i'm gonna move out on my own by the time i'm 25 i'm gonna have a wife and kids and the whole shebang and you know often from the older generation there's often 
I get a sense of, you know, back in my day, things were so great. And then all of a sudden, your generation came along and then just, you know, messed everything up. And like, you guys don't know how to date anymore. <laughs> and, you know, like you guys aren't responsible anymore. I just want to thank you for reminding us that it never really is too late to get started on, you know, your life. And as many of us may not want to admit it, you know, starting things at 30 isn't ultimately the end of the world. Now, to continue, after you met your wife, how many children did you end up having? So at the time, Zephyr had two boys. One was 12 and one was six by the time we got married. And of course, a couple of years after we were we were married, I had um, another boy, Isaiah, and then uh, Kendra a year after that. And so we raised them, so the four of them, you know, about uh, eight years ago through circumstances and, you know, how life would have it, um, got custody of our grandchildren. So in total, I've raised... And it's still in the process of raising six. Whoa, six? six? Yeah. Holy smokes. So the first two that uh, Zephyr had, then our two that we had together, and then our grandchildren. So you're basically like a grandfather and a father, all, and I guess a stepfather too, all like under one roof. There's never really been six in the home because by the time the grandkids came, the older two were on their own. Okay. 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 Yeah. Fair enough. This is going to be a bit of a loaded question, but... I want to ask you, during the time when you had to make a decision to marry your current wife, and as well as you mentioned earlier that you had a lot of questions surrounding your own faith and the church was going through a lot of changes, what was the process in not giving up on your faith? Or, you know, you easily could have just joined another faith group or find it all useless and just abandon everything entirely. Could you just take us through um, how you really surrendered all of your doubts and insecurities to God? So as I said, it was a really difficult time for the church. I never really doubted my belief in God. I mean, I had been raised on it. I was pretty confident of that. I had had enough experiences in my life that I I knew that there's a God. I knew that Jesus Christ had, had died for us. But what had happened with the church it really called into question how we do church and the effect that the church can have on people, how we can be, when we don't properly do our own, own study of the word. It's easy to listen to someone and let them kind of direct what you believe, right? So, you know, you grow up, you you kind of accept what your, your parents say, and you trust them. And in my case, I, I started listening to this other material. And I was, to be honest, as I, as I came into the church, I was very impressed with people who really stood up for what they believed. They lived their faith, right? But the problem was that for us all was that we, we misunderstood what the scriptures were saying about certain things. And so we, it was very legalistic and we found out uh, around that time that there was a bit of a conflict, right, when it came to understanding who Jesus Christ was and what he had done and what salvation was. Because for us, because there was that legalistic belief, they held very strongly to some ideas. But then when you thought about God's grace and what salvation was, what Jesus had done, it, it couldn't sustain this legalism, right? So the church, eventually the leadership made the decision that they weren't going to 
continue in that kind of legalistic thinking. And that caused a lot of people to, it, it, it would be like someone coming to you and telling you that you'd believe the lie your whole life. It kind of rips the floor from, from under you and you feel like you're in free fall. And then you're just trying to grab onto something to, to kind of hold on to. But I, I think that what uh, some of the leadership was saying at the time made a whole lot of sense. And then, of course, studying outside of that and doing my own study, I came to the realization that there were, there were a lot of good things that the church had at the time. They were just off on a, a few things that were kind of key, important things. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, it didn't uh, mean that there wasn't a God or that Jesus Christ didn't live. It just meant that how we were doing church and how we understood what our faith meant to our life was was a little off. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. I want to ask you, because as you previously stated, that you guys had to, or due to circumstances, take on two younger grandchildren at a much older age. And as I was, um, you know, jesting with you earlier, I found that for some reason that kind of resembled Abraham and Sarah in a sense, in that, you know, they were told that they were going to have this child at... A much much older age where you don't expect you know sarah to like be able to produce a child so if you could just you know take us through your mind of what was going on at that time i mean that's interesting because i i, I kind of had to make a similar decision when i decided to marry zephyr and as a single man take on her children as well right but specifically related to uh the two grandchildren you know, I got got to you get to a place in your life where your faith has to mean something, and uh, so often when we read in the scriptures about uh, what it means to be a Christian, a lot of the th- talks about looking after those who are in need or, or helpless, right? And uh, so here we were, we're at a place where we're approaching uh, Isaiah and Kendra. We're you know getting to university age. Jamal and Amin had already left home. And we could have been thinking about retirement at the time, right? We lived in a smaller home, and we basically, when faced with the question, we couldn't we couldn't deny what we believed to be true as Christians that we needed to take care of these two kids that needed help, right? And that doesn't mean that it was an easy decision. It was is difficult because there's a number of different things that were involved, things that we needed to consider that we would be bringing into our lives as a result of taking them on as our as as, as our kids. But we we just couldn't get past this, you know, idea of what 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 are we saying when we say we're Christians if we can't do that. Right. Yeah. I really do see what you mean by that because a lot of the time it's easy to say that you're a Christian but then when it comes to some of the difficult verses in the Bible about really like turning the other cheek even when you I guess feel like you know I've served my time I've paid my dues and like you know the world should owe me these things to just really realize that God has called us to help those in need and to share his light and that's a way of sharing the gospel with other people to kind of elaborate on that some more 